0: Hello, Akaville Radio. I'm Alicia Edwards, and this is Taka and I'm here with my good friend.
1: Brian Alexander, of course.
0: Brian, how are you?
1: I am doing all right, you know? Yeah, life is life right now, so.
0: help, yeah, I feel yeah. ya. <laughs> I mean, it's, a,
1: it's one of those weeks, so. Yeah,
0: no, it totally has been. I, I, I mentioned to you earlier I, on Tuesday this week, I thought it was Wednesday, and. Oh my God. I mean, as everyone here knows. At least I hope they would know it wasn't. And that was so unfortunate.
1: <laughs> right. I think that's the common trend with like life over the last few months is just this giant guessing game of am I at right. the weekend or right. is this the what beginning day is of the it? week?
0: Or you get to Friday and you're like, oh, it's Friday. ooh,
1: right. Bonus. I was like, ooh, OK, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't expect that. You know? Yeah.
0: It's a it's a good surprise. It's like finding money in your pocket. <laughs>
1: oh yeah i, I yeah. do enjoy that you know
0: i mean depending on the amount of money if it's like a five dollar <laughs> bill i would equate that to like finding out it's the weekend but right. if it's like a couple hundred bucks i'm probably like a couple oh, yeah, hundred bucks yeah I, that's never happened to me but if it i was about did, to say tell me when that did, has happened <laughs> i would be like, like that's that's better than finding out it's the weekend
1: <laughs> that has never happened to me just pulling out like a hundred i think the most i found pocket. in
0: my pocket was 20 bucks Ooh, but okay. it's usually I closer to like five out. or ten maybe a couple bucks anyway today we have a pretty exciting guest i mean i've listened to her group i've listened to just her i found her personal youtube channel and and she's pretty awesome i would agree yeah I definitely agree. so i mean without further ado to our listeners we are here with michelle cannell Michelle, how are you
2: today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks <laughs> It's good to be here.
1: Thanks for coming on the show for our listeners out there. I met Michelle many years ago, and she's a fantastic singer. So I was just like, we can't keep doing the show without getting her on here. So she needs to come on well, the that's show. Very so
2: thank nice. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> Well, I'm
0: glad you met her because she wasn't on my radar prior to when we discussed bringing her on the show. So, I mean, that's exciting for me because I get to meet all these people who I otherwise Mm -hmm. never would have known about. And it's, I mean, it's pretty cool for me at least.
1: Isn't that the great thing about this show? You just get introduced to so many wonderful artists
0: and we don't even need to be in the same place like we're exactly time, time zones apart exactly no
1: it just work life yeah. just works like that sometimes yeah. it's perfect
0: before we get into it michelle can you tell us a little bit about yourself what your musical background
2: is yeah for sure i grew up in a family of you know 11 kids wow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's huge oh, man. and <laughs> that's amazing yeah it's a lot five brothers five sisters but i was the only one who sang my dad played guitar my brothers play guitar Interesting. um but i the only one I was saying I've, I've sung since second grade and I went to school after I graduated high school I knew I wanted to be a choir director um, so I went to school for it and then I stopped and was an administrator for like 11 years and then I came back wow. to it and went and got my bachelor's degree at University of Texas bachelor's in music Nice. and so I uh, in the middle of all that I also became you know assistant music director for Carpe Sono. Okay. What I currently do now is I'm assistant, you know, music director for Carpe Sono, and then also I am a choir director at a middle school.
1: That must be fun. I'm like just inspiring the youth. Yeah. That's really cool. Oh, it's
2: definitely fun. I just finished my first Mm -hmm. year teaching.
1: Yeah. How was it?
2: Oh, nice. You know, there were some ups and downs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit different than you might have expected. Probably.
2: I was going to say I, w-
0: I would imagine that with your first year teaching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Well, it's first year. That is very
2: cool, though. Yeah.
1: So if I could ask, what's the biggest surprise coming out off of your first year as a, a choir instructor? And did you learn anything, or did you realize something? Just like, huh that wasn't how I thought it was going to play that, out. That
0: you know, there was a major curveball thrown at you, and all of the other educators in the world. Yeah, right.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I think the biggest thing was my school. It's actually part magnet, which is kids and students have to apply to get into the school. And then uh, it's part academy, which we call kids from the neighborhood. So it's a very diverse mix of students. That was kind of tricky to navigate during the first year, more tricky than I realized. So probably next year, I definitely have some strategies in mind to kind of kind of look at that and uh, kind of work with
1: that yeah well that that's awesome if I can I want to start there because I love it when of course we're going to speak quite a bit about acapella music but I find it also fascinating with your background in choral music and I really want to learn a little bit more can you kind of talk to us a little bit about what drove your interest in choral music because I know you do you've done a lot in choral music you're an instructor now so you know how did you get started with all of that
2: yeah I had a really great high school director his name is Steve white he's at Vista Ridge right now but he was at realm High school, and he mm. was a major influence on me, um, and was the reason why I wanted to be a high school choral director. It made me fall in love with traditional composers like Bird and Schubert and things like that. So that's mm. really what drove me to be in choral music, and also you know being a part of choral ensembles here in Austin, like Hunspergeri and Inversion Ensemble, and also Austin Cantorum. They've just Really made an investment in me, and also just shared my love for the choral music that I I loved since high school.
1: Right, and how is the Austin choral scene? Because Austin is a very unique music town. Every time I come, I I can't help but just to love all the difference and variety I get from the music. And so you know, at that with choral, I'm like it's very eclectic, very diverse. How would you describe you know doing choral music in Austin? Is it what you traditional of what you'd expect in other cities or Is there anything unique about it?
2: You know, it is very varied. I that <laughs> very, very, and I say that because, um, cause I've been with those, I mentioned three ensembles, but I also, what mm-hmm. comes to mind is, uh, another ensemble that I perform with Panoramic Voices, and mm-hmm. they do more stuff that's electronic based. Oh, and, really? uh, yeah. so they've done like Mozart's Requiem Reimagined, where they've actually done it with electronic instruments. So guitar, electric guitar, but wow. also it goes back to the traditional. Kunzbrari, they're a Grammy Award winning group, and they've done masterworks. Like the traditional Mozart Requiem. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's very varied and diverse, actually. It's great to be a part of such diversity here in Austin with the choral scene.
1: Yeah, that that's super fascinating. I've never, I'm trying to think, I don't think I've ever heard choral and like electronic ever right. go together right. <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. And I don't know, Alicia, you might have, but this is no, like new territory definitely for me. Not. <laughs> Yeah,
2: it's very and interesting. Yeah,
1: with that kind of fusion between styles, right there, are we kind of seeing this like progression with choral music? Do you think, or is it just the the group that you're a part of? They're just trying something different, or do you think other groups are really trying to branch out and do something different?
2: No, I think choral music is going that way, and I don't think it's because of the ensembles. I think it's because of the composers. Mm, uh, if you okay. look at composers right now, choral composers are kind of pushing the envelope. With traditional choral music and what they see as traditional. And that, I feel that like that stems back all the way to other composers that probably have inspired them, like John Cage. If you look at his mm-hmm. music, his music, like Water Walk, his piece Water Walk, was only mm-hmm. involving household instruments. That's Ooh. it.
1: Nice. And uh, that was cool.
2: basically it, and that was all the way back in the 50s. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. That was very, very modern and contemporary oh. for that time. Yeah. And so I feel like they're trying to take their influence and inspiration from these type of composers and try to push music forward and push choral music forward. It's not just sacred music or traditional music. It can be electronic music as well
0: mm-hmm. my um two random questions yes how many vocal ensembles have you been a part
2: of oh <laughs> oh that's a good question uh i i think so. oh i think six i want to wow. say six or something i mean i'm not including my undergrad so yeah oh, you
1: should oh boy include so that. the number's okay, even larger so then,
2: <laughs> yeah probably about yeah seven i think
1: <laughs> my goodness you're a busy person. It's a lot.
2: I mean, I, I've i been a part of two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when you pursue it as a professional career, you, you kind of have to mm-hmm. do different ensembles and, and stretch it and make it work, you know?
0: Right. And I feel like that gives you a very unique experience. I guess having, having done – I mean, I, I would imagine the experience has been unique or slightly different between – group to group oh
1: yeah
2: definitely very okay. uh very different from group to group done all the way from sacred music which actually i'm currently doing now i um okay i sing at a church all the way to you know the stuff with panoramic and voices where they do stuff with electronics so yeah it's mm-hmm. very <laughs> it's very so diverse a follow-up question to that
0: how many groups are you in right now so
2: right <laughs> now i'm only in just a couple. Just, um, Carpe okay. Sano and Conspirari. So, yeah. In fact, Kunzfari mm-hmm. has uh, an event coming up called The Big Sing, which they've carried mm-hmm. on this tradition forever where they do community singing. And um, Craig Johnson, who's the Grammy award-winning director of that group, he leads that event every time. And so I'm just going to be happy to be a part of it this time. Going to be a part of the small ensemble <laughs> that backs the you know, singers up. And, yeah, it's going to be a That's good time. That's awesome.
1: You're going to have to make sure to remind us about that at the end when we're doing all our play- we need right. more details on that right.
0: for, sure. for sure yeah i totally agree um and then my, my other yeah. question super random has nothing to do with music or anything not trying to date anybody here when did you graduate from round rock
2: oh oh three yeah okay so i'm because older.
0: i have a, i have a friend who went to round rock and but she graduated <laughs> out, i think in 06
2: oh. so a few years
0: later okay okay but i don't know if she did anything music wise there
2: Gotcha.
1: Yeah. And for our regional listeners, since you mentioned Round Rock, I just got to ask at this point, do you recommend Round Rock Donuts? Uh,
2: Yes, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: 100%. I just, I had to make sure for those listeners who might not have heard of Round Rock Donuts, they make these gigantic donuts that every time you go through there, you have to stop and get one. So I just have to get from a local expert, you know, would you well, recommend Well, if I it, ever so.
0: visit the Austin area, I'm going to have to go find that because I I will never turn down a good donut definitely (laughs) you should i don't know if there's such thing as a bad donut never unless it's like i mean i don't know Uh,
2: there there are levels of donuts let's just say that right yeah that's a
1: good way to put it right i agree so we uh spoke a little about your choral music but then you also mentioned one of the groups you're part of right now is carpe sono (laughs) and that is a pretty big hitter in terms of and I definitely want to ask do you look at Carpe Sona as semi-pro do you look at it as a hobby group we've had a lot of different groups come on here and they describe their group differently I'm curious how do you label Carpe Sono?
2: yeah um I would label them as semi-professional um okay. I just I I don't know I don't like using that term just because uh, I feel like if you're going pro you're going pro you know you're going in right. it you're either for profit or you're not but
1: yeah good point
2: but yeah we've done a lot of games where it's for profit and um around christmas time caroling is a big thing and so mm-hmm. we do that but that's not like the only thing we do we've also done kick butt coffee we've also done other venues and events so yeah i would say we're semi-pro that's
1: a that's a good way to put it though i i get it i'm like either you're all in you're going for it or you're not so that makes a lot of sense and that's a wonderful way of clearing that up so with carpe sono if i have this correct and feel free to correct me the group's been around since 2012 yeah or is that just when you joined no
2: that's uh 2012 i was one of the original founding members
1: oh my goodness okay awesome even better so you can definitely give us a lot of insight (laughs) here so, clearly, it's an Austin-based acapella group going strong since 2012. You know, what's the group all about? What do you attribute to the group's longevity? Because kind of a semi-pro group or pro group, however you look at it, sticking around that long with consistent members is extremely tough and extremely difficult. Yet, you guys have a lot of experience. You've done a lot of really cool gigs. You know, what can you tell us about the group?
2: When Carpe Sono started in 2012, we had started out with a lot of members all the way up to, I think. Few- we had 11 members at one point and oh, wow. I think that's fine for if you were all the same demographic so mm-hmm. you were all college kids but since we're right. adults and we were all of diverse backgrounds one rock one RB, one alternative it made it kind of really difficult in the beginning to kind of get schedules together and to kind of figure out what vision did we want for the group but once we kind of had a meeting I think it was either two thousand. I think it was 2008 or 2009, something like that, we kind of had a falling off of like half the members. And so at that point, our membership had cut in half. And it actually turned out to be a blessing in disguise because that ended up making scheduling and logistics much easier. We kind of agreed on what vision we wanted for the group. What kind of style we wanted the group to be that sort of stuff. So
1: mm-hmm. that's interesting. In a sense of eleven is a large amount for right. semi-pro group. I think me and Alicia, obviously, she's still in part of the group, mm-hmm. but I think at our most, you know what. I don't think we ever, we never reached 11 members. I can't ever recall a time.
0: Right. No, no, we didn't. I think the most we ever had was eight or nine.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's interesting. What about the, the style? Because do you guys have a particular style? Because you mentioned a lot of you come from a lot of varied backgrounds and you yourself have so much, you know, choral background experience. And what would you say the group's st- signature style is? Do you have one?
2: Yeah, I would say it's more like... Indie slash R&B. Okay. Uh, I think before we were, we had a lot of arrangements in our group and it was all, they were all over the map. There was some jazz, there was some rock, there was even some country, I think at one point. Oh man. Nice. Mm-hmm. So now our style is more R B, more indie-ish base, which okay. I think kind of fits mm-hmm. with the Austin scene.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, well, that's yeah. a perfect, fit yeah. for sure. And and you're one of the main arrangers for the group. Is that correct? I am. Or are you the primary arranger? Or I
2: am. I'm one of the arrangers for the group. I call. Okay. My director, music director, Joseph Salata, he's like my partner in crime. Mm-hmm. He also does arrangements <laughs> for the group okay. as well. So me and him mm-hmm. mostly do the arrangements.
1: Okay. And, and I'm curious because I've thought a lot about this in terms of collegiate gears, but I, I've never really took the time just to think about this in terms of semi-pro group. What is you all's learning style? Because I know in a lot of collegiate groups, you know, some of them are varied. They do sheet music. Some of them do things by ear. There's a lot of advantages for doing both, a lot of mixing. How do the people and the members of your group learn music best?
2: I believe we learn music best on our own, independently. As long as people have practiced the music and listened to the music beforehand, before we came come to a rehearsal, and then we come to a rehearsal and just rehearse the music to together that's basically our rehearsal style we try to have the notes learned ahead of time try not to necessarily do any note plunking as i call it Mm -hmm. right
0: no i totally feel you there i'm curious are your arrangements mostly on sheet music or are they arrangements by sound oh
2: they're on sheet music although we have done some improvised stuff on the fly on the spot yeah i remember one time when we were caroling and we were caroling at the Children's Center of Boston. And, oh, and cool. the kids had asked us to do an arrangement of, I think it was like jingle bells on the spot. And we were like, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, who's going to sing lead? Who's going to do what? And so we just like created it right on the spot. Oh really? my gosh, that's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, it was, it was nuts, but it was a good time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I feel like there's nothing – I think that singing for kids is like one of the most enjoyable things because mm-hmm. they're – I mean, one, they're like the most forgiving audience and <laughs> two, they're just so darling. They are. Unless Making you hate be kids. be very
1: honest, though. I was going to say, unless you hate honest.
0: kids, in which case, what is wrong with you? But. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. So since we're talking about, um, now that you bring up kids, this made me think a lot about you're also a chor- choral director. I've always been curious. Uh, we talk suddenly about education and acapella, and we've had people on the show before that have brought up different projects that they've been working on to really bring acapella into the spaces that it isn't already present. And so I'm curious, as someone that's involved with acapella music, and you also teach and direct young musicians, do you feel that there's like a need to develop an appreciation or like interest in acapella music or all vocal music? Is that something that you have worked I know it's your, you just said you just finished your first year but is that something you thought about? Something you done or is that top of mind at all?
2: Yeah, actually we have an acapella club at our school.
1: Oh really? Oh, oh nice! Yeah.
2: I had the music director uh, Joseph Zalata, my partner in crime he came in and mm-hmm. did a beatboxing workshop for that acapella club. Oh,
1: they must really? have loved it. Yeah, oh, they,
2: they <laughs> loved it. So I definitely feel there's an interest and need for that and a space for it in education. It's just mm-hmm. going about it the right way and using it in order to teach musical elements and concepts as well.
1: Yeah, and that, that must be the, the tough part, making it more than just, you know, the entertainment fact, the virality of it kind of thing. How would you gauge, like you know, what's the right way of bringing this in there? Because, you know, what exactly would you need to bring in terms of the educational, the skill building part to make it really valuable to your students?
2: I think the big difference between traditional choral music, I guess, and acapella music is the rhythm factor. There's this kind of like joke going around in the in the choral slash musician world that like, singers can't, we don't necessarily know rhythm because all we do is what? sing long notes and things like that. No way. Uh, you know, they're classical musicians, whatever. It's fine. Uh, no, just oh I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No offense nope. to classical musicians out there. I'm going to get y'all in trouble. Anyway.
1: Uh-oh, we're going to have our DMs filled with people, <laughs> people coming in and just in. like, wait a minute, I heard your show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, you know, they, is, there's this common misconception that singers don't have any rhythm. And mm-hmm. I just feel like acapella is just the perfect... A muse, for lack of a better wording, to help with that mm-hmm. aspect. So you can teach, you know, rhythm on beatboxing syllables or, you know, mm-hmm. on neutral syllables. And those things definitely help the person's musicality and rhythm.
1: Right.
0: I know Brian was so taken aback by that comment. So? Because Brian is not just a singer, but he is also a beatboxer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So he's, he has definitely got the rhythm side of that. So you mentioned that you, you have the acapella club at your school it's a middle school, right? It is. So you mentioned that you have an acapella club at your middle school. I'm curious as to whether or not there's any collaboration between your acapella group and other schools or how, how you're getting them involved like in the community or with other, or, or I guess just in the world of acapella.
2: So I was, before COVID had happened, I was planning right. on, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you know, I was planning on having my group sing with the Acapella Club. Oh, okay. So it wasn't mm. just gonna be the workshop with um just Joseph Zalata, who also beatboxes, by the way, Brian. Oh and okay. so that's why I had him come in and do our workshop. But I was also <laughs> like gonna have them perform with our group, and you know, actually have a workshop with the entire group. But unfortunately, COVID happened, and you know, we we weren't able to do that. But it's something I definitely want to do in the future, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's good. I'm glad to hear that there's that that interest there because it's kind. Of, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but you really need the young people to really bring a cappella to other young people, and well, you know, I mean, it's the people that are the
0: future of it. Yeah, right,
1: right. And I'm just not, not just talking about, you know, the middle school age kids, but, you know, like people like Michelle who are in active groups right now doing their thing. Right. And there are a lot of older instructors out there. And, you know, some of them are really great about introducing new art forms and new styles, of course. But I, I feel that it's it's going to have a, a greater impact for someone for coming from someone like Michelle. So I think this is great that we're discussing these things.
0: Yeah. And with that, it's time for us to take our first commercial break. But don't go away because we will be right back here on Tacapella.
1: Every week for an hour, we hand over the keys to the station to. Wait, is that right? The listeners? It's true. You, our listeners, can choose what we play for our Requests and Dedications Hour. You can catch it every Thursday at 9 p.m. in the East, 6 p.m. Pacific, and then again on Sundays at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. East, 2 a.m. and 2 p.m. in the West. It's a chance for you to head to our website, pick some tunes that you want to request, or make a dedication. We'll play them right here on our air.
2: My name is Michelle Cannell of Carpe Sono and you are listening to Tacapella.
1: Yes, you are. We've been having a lot of fun speaking to Michelle here. It's been a great episode so far and been enlightening in terms of learning more about the choral scene and how that kind of diverges with acapella at times and just learning more about the wonderful Austin music scene. So this has been great. And if I've learned anything, it's you need to go check out Round Rock Donuts. Mm-hmm. So please don't do that. <laughs>
0: That's true. Anything at all. <laughs> the most important thing. If, you, if you Hey, it I did not say else. the most
1: important thing. <laughs> oh, I okay. said, okay, this is but it's definitely important. It's,
2: sure. it's up there in the top ten. <laughs>
1: Exactly. See, there it is. I got confirmation from Michelle. (laughs) On that note, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about music. So we were speaking a little bit about, well, not a little, we were speaking a lot about your choral background. And I'm curious, as someone who's still heavily involved in the choral music scene, as well as in the contemporary a cappella scene, how do you balance the amount of time you give to both? Because I got to imagine that's pretty challenging for me. I feel like it would be extremely tough uh, because I'm such a passionate performer in the sense that I like to focus on one thing at a time, but you have proven already that you are a person of many talents and abilities. So how do you balance the two?
2: I think the balance comes in knowing how to value your time and and knowing, I guess, also I hate to be that musician- But like knowing how to practice, I think uh, sometimes just a lot of people when they start practicing or learning a new instrument or learning how to sing, they give up automatically. And I think it's because of certain practice habits, you know, practicing the whole song through instead of a certain difficult passage, that sort of stuff. So I feel like that helps. And then also I have scaled back quite a bit since, you know, having (laughs) my first year teaching
1: century yeah
2: yeah i'll um, tell you what though uh, my junior year of undergrad that was a wild time because oh, i was in the top choir i University of Texas. I was also in Carpe Sono, who was doing a trip to New York to go oh, nice. sing under the direction of Deke Sharon, who if, if yes. anybody oh, knows awesome. who Deke Sharon is, you know that's a big oh, deal. Yeah. And flying to New York in the middle of my junior year to sing at Carnegie Hall, and then also being in Conspiratory and try, being invited to two other ensembles on top of that was nuts.
1: My goodness, yeah, that must have been crazy. I
2: do not recommend that, especially if, you're, <laughs> if one of the groups is learning... Bach mass and B minor. Highly do yeah. not oh, recommend no. See, it.
1: You've already lost me. I, I couldn't do that. Yeah, See, it's already it, it,
2: Oh, that's that. funny. That was tough times, but great um, times. I, I'm actually curious
0: because you've done. You have extensive experience in both, as we've talked about, contemporary a cappella versus traditional choral. You, you talked about the importance of practice, not to just give up right away. The reason I'm asking this is because in the, in the a cappella group I'm currently in, we actually had a gal who her specialty was choral music. She was actually a vocal performance major finishing up college and she was in the group and she decided to drop it because she differs stylistically um, she started damaging her vocal cords. Yeah. So for someone who does want to devote time to both your traditional choral music as well as contemporary acapella, what would you say is something that helps with being successful?
2: That's a really great question, actually. With that, I think practicing good vocal habits is good. You know, eat right. Drink plenty of water, that sort of stuff. It's all stuff that we hear all the time, but it's very true. Also, yeah. vocal technique really, really helps. Mm. Not to say that she didn't have vocal great right. vocal technique. Right. right. But you know, knowing what your vocal limit is really helps. I've gone for a couple of hours singing and I felt like by the end of it, I used to feel like by the end of it, I was just, my voice was dead. But that's because I wasn't practicing good vocal habits like vocal rest and drinking lots of water, having a good diet. Also, there are certain tricks that you can use to, to help preserve your voice during rehearsals. So marking music is what I like to call it, just singing it softly and not full out. Okay, okay. Mm, okay. That's just one of like the many tricks that I use personally to um, help me preserve the health of my voice. But some people feel like they have to go full throttle all the way to them if they can, mm-hmm. if their voice can do that. More power to you. I just know personally for me and my voice can't handle that. (laughs) So.
1: (laughs) Right. And I think that's a great thing that you brought up about kind of recognizing what your limits are. I remember back when I was in my collegiate group, we had one of our members. He was only in the group for the year, uh, for a year. But he was also involved in our school's uh, university's choral program. He was really involved. He was like in one of the top groups. But there came a point when he was doing both. And by the end, he was he recognized that he was hitting his limit. And so unfortunately, he did have to drop our group. But at the end of the day, he knew what his limits were. And I'm sure it's helped and saved his voice. And he's still doing music to this day. So I think that's very important to realize what your limits are.
0: Exactly. Fun side note, we had a gal in my college group who found out right afterwards that she had developed (gasps) nodes.
1: Oh no! the dreaded, Not the dreaded I, don't, I don't mean to laugh
2: about that, but she was like, "You guys, pitch perfect is my love." It's true, but it's true. The ICCA though.
1: isn't the only true thing about that movie.
2: Yes, but it, yeah. yeah, it's so true though. I was friends with a girl in undergrad who was also in University of Texas top acapella group, and oh, hey. she so she was doing both. She was majoring music and also doing acapella, same as myself. But she. Develop nodes, and that was not good. (laughs) It was not good. (laughs) She ended up being able to recover from that but it's just a it's just a good lesson to learn you know always definitely put your vocal health first if you if you want to pursue singing right
1: right right that's most important for sure and with that I, i wonder if we can kind of pivot for a second because i feel so inclined to bring up a very important topic right now with everything that's going on not only in the world but also in the vocal arts community there's been a lot of discussion around this whole idea of diversity and i think it's it applies wonderfully at times because you have an extensive experience with not only with acapella, but choral music. So you're a very diverse singer. But for our listeners out there, Michelle is also a person of color. And at the same time, so am I and Alicia as well. And, you know, with all of these conversations going on, I think it's important that we kind of get uh, as many perspectives and uh, experiences as we possibly can. That way we're enlightened better. So with that, as someone tied to both the choral music scene as well as, you know, just the freeform nature of acapella, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about what your experiences have been in terms of diversity and music? I know for a fact, just being someone from a choral background in high school, that my experiences with that group weren't the same as with my collegiate acapella group. And so maybe not even just as a person of color, but, you know, just in terms of the difference between the styles of music, the nature of the groups, you know, what What have been your experiences as they relate to diversity with music?
2: That's a great question. With the classical music world, we still have a ways to go as far as diversity is concerned. You know, I think that people like Kathleen Battle, who's a very famous opera singer and also a person of color, I think she paved the way for other opera singers of color to actually pursue opera as a career. But, you know, we still have a long ways to go as far as casting those type of people in opera mm-hmm. at the same but on the other side of things on the acapella side of things you know i feel like we still have a ways to go as well too i yeah. think in 2018 the founders of acapellas they it's a acapella group from the university of waterloo in california i believe okay. they realized that there was a scarcity of color in campus ensembles and so they went out and they wanted to start a group on their own that was more diverse and they went ahead and did that so it's great that we're having these conversations, but there's mm-hmm. still, there's definitely still more work to do.
1: Right, right. And I know at least from the outward appearance, I'm like, Carpe Sono is made up of a lot of diversity between its members. And so it, it seems, I don't know if, if you guys have discussed it before or maybe it just happened organically, but you know, you have a diverse membership and I'm, I'm curious, is that anything that you regularly have discussions with people and music about?
2: Not, you know, not really. It just kind of organically happened, Darnell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the founder of the group he it was actually his brainchild and he's a person of color and his wife is a person of color uh she's hispanic and then also myself and then my music director joseph Zulata, he's asian so it mm-hmm. just if it, it just really what i can say to that is that music speaks to the soul and yeah it helps brings all types of backgrounds together mm-hmm. it just speaks to the truth that Music is a universal language.
1: Yeah. And uh, I'm curious because um, a- Alicia, as someone who went to BYU and I to- got <laughs> Yeah, and was a member of Noteworthy, which, um, no offense that the membership isn't as diverse.
0: Well, I I mean, I was the first ever Asian in the group. Really? Yeah, they had never... You're groundbreaking, okay. Yeah, I mean, they had a gal who was, I think, Polynesian Mm. in the group a few years before, but like East Asian descent, I was the first one. I mean, that was fun. I never, I never, fortunately, I mean... I mean, we had nine members of the group and I was a woman of color. I mean, it's all fem- in an all-female group and we had a gal in the group who was Hispanic, but everyone else in the group, Caucasian, which is fine, but I can tell you, actually, no, we had two gals who were, who were Hispanic in the group. I never felt like I was treated differently because of my race. And so that was, I, I very much appreciated that. We did have, and we we did not treat her differently because of it. It was actually really funny. Um, We were playing a game at like a retreat that we had, and she got so mad. She started yelling in Spanish. And nobody else in the group, even the, the other gal who was Hispanic, spoke Spanish fluently. And so... We just all kind of stopped and stared at her, and she didn't even realize she had done it. And then she just stopped, and we all looked at each other, and we just started laughing. And it's it was such a such a memorable moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But and, and I, I mean I love all those girls to death. It was so fun. But I, I don't think we were ever we didn't treat each other any differently because of because of our differences. And and I think the group, even though they are not known as being diverse individually, um, so much they actually actually have they've actually done more diverse music i would say like um Mm -hmm. the year after i was in the group they actually did an entire song in spanish which i thought was really neat and they actually made a music video of it at the end of that year so that was that was Mm -hmm. really neat to see and i think the following year as well there was a gal who's in the group who's half japanese and so i I like to think I was a trendsetter there, but I mean,
1: I mean, it, not, not really. Yeah. <laughs> it seems mean, like it, you might've played a part there. It, it yeah. did
0: happen organically as well, but yeah. I mean, it it, was, it, and, and she's so talented. Wow. Right, And
1: that's such an interesting fact that you brought up because I, I know a lot of times when we we throw around the word diversity, of course, I think it's natural. The first thing you think of diversity, you think of appearance and you right. think of makeup right. and you think of membership at the end of the day. But I think it's also important that both of you kind of spoken about in some way diversity in music. That's another thing that I think also really gets the trend to be set at right. the end of the day. And so I think that's a good place to start you know sometimes depending on you might not have access to certain people at the end of the day you might not have access to a diverse membership just maybe because of locale region at the end of the day so sometimes you're just given you know you're working with what you have and and michelle you brought up you know the choral experience uh you know with the operatic singers and this progression that's trying to happen and that might might be on its way and i'm i'm curious from the choral perspective because this is something i really have no idea about do you see any kind of diversity because we, we talked about the electronic music so that's really cool to see that there's some progression there but are you noticing anything else in terms of diversity in music or membership that might be taking place or that you'd like to see
2: that's a really great question so i do see i do feel like i see more in the classical realm and also i wanted to preface a, the operatic scene to just It's only, I feel like the only thing we don't see with the operatic scene is like diversity in the appearance of the operatic singers. We see like Joyce and these other famous sopranos, but you don't see more of the Kathleen battles and things like that. I feel like choral music, though, as a whole, I feel like that's progressing much further. Definitely, okay. I feel like since since I was in high school, at least when I was introduced to choral music, you know, I was introduced to different languages, so Latin, Japanese, Spanish, you know, Italian, all those stuff, and you actually have to study those different languages while you're in undergrad as a music major. Right. So I feel like the choral scene and choral music was already set up to be diverse in that regard, and mm-hmm. that's also why I think it also attracts so many. Different backgrounds as well. Getting introduced to different languages and different cultures behind those languages and the backstory. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And do you think that that's starting early enough because I'm I'm thinking about back to my time when I was, you know, a, a young singer and of course I did all the the school choirs and things like that and I don't think it was really maybe we did it in middle school, maybe we did one, uh, you know, foreign language type piece, but we it didn't really become heavily involved with that type of music until high school. Do you think it's starting early enough to attract people do you think that the interest is there in terms of you know the efforts being made
2: at least at my school which is really diverse um i think that really helps i feel like at my school it's definitely there i felt like before in middle school which i went to shism trail middle school and it was mostly caucasian and Mm -hmm. most of the songs we did were in english if not all of them and Now I'm teaching out of middle school, you know, 20 years later, and I'm teaching Japanese, Latin, Italian. I'm teaching all those different languages. So I definitely mm-hmm. think the interest is there for sure. You know, I think kids are hungry to know, you know, about different cultures and different backgrounds. And I think at the same time, other kids want to share that as well. So,
1: mm-hmm. And this is a question, I guess, for both of you, both Alicia and Michelle. So I'm curious in terms of since we, we spoke a little bit about the choral scene, in terms of acapella, what do you think needs to happen to bring in more diversity? I think we're seeing an evolution in terms of music. At the end of the day, I think we're we're getting all these new tricks and new way of doing acapella. Uh, do you feel that there's enough in terms of diversity? I know, uh, Michelle, you mentioned uh, the acapellas at University of Waterloo, them kind of being a little jumping off point. But what more do you think it's going to take to see more inclusion? An a cappella.
2: I think the first step is probably highlighting arrangers or composers that are of color. It's a a little bit of a big thing in choral music. The drawback of choral music is that there's not enough composers of diversity, and I think it's the same thing for a cappellas as well. You know, I don't see enough a cappella arrangements where they're of. posers or rangers of color. And I feel like if we can start off with that jumping point first, um, we can generate interest in including a more diverse membership in our acapella groups. Also exposure, I guess, as well. If kids can be in choral music, exposed to different types of music there, then why can't we have a cappella music do the same thing? Because if we we vary it, then we can attract different membership as well.
1: Agreed. What do you think, Alicia, about that?
2: I'm going to take a slight... I mean,
0: I'm going to take a kind of a different perspective. Because I mean, if if you see my name on an arrangement, you will never guess that I'm a person of color. <laughs> um, but I think I'm thinking more like along the diversity of, I guess, the musical genre or the different types of songs that are done in acapella. Um, I know that a lot of the groups that I have seen, there are certain songs that are really popular, certain styles that I've just seen kind of repeated. And I, I think one thing that will really help um, with diversity in acapella is to not be afraid to try new things. In college, when I was on Noteworthy, we um, our director arranged a song for us, and it was a song by One Republic, but she threw a twist on it. Like halfway through the song, maybe like three quarters of the way through the song, it switched style to dubstep. (laughs) Whoa. And it was... we were like really, I mean, I felt kind of skeptical at first. I was like, uh, are we really going to be able to pull this off? But I mean, we committed to it. And that song was so good. If any of our listeners have Spotify, it was the song Say by One Republic. And so Noteworthy, we actually recorded that and it is on Spotify. And I- I mean, I'm singing bass. So if you listen for that, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. But but that song was was a really fun one to do.
1: Awesome. Wow. Well, on that note, I, I'm like, I really appreciate both of y'all's thoughts on diversity. I think that you offer some really practical things that can be done. And at the end of the day, I think this is what it's, I think this is the next phase in acapella you know with everything going on right now i think this is what needs to happen not only just because this is what should be happening but because this is what as you both are saying is going to draw greater interest and in, in the right. art at the end of the day and i think that's what everyone has been striving for in acapella how do we bring more people into it now just how do we bring different people into it. So I love these thoughts that you all are sharing. I really appreciate that. Uh
0: As you bring more people, you get different point of views. I mean, there's Michelle that you mentioned earlier that when Carpe first started, you had all these people from all these different backgrounds, and you weren't sure where you were gonna go. And, and I definitely think that can be a challenge, but I also think it could it could be a way to kind of change things up and propel your group forward. Like like on my current in my current group, we have a, a guy in the group who I, I mean Utah is very religious in general, um, and we had one guy who came into the group who well, a couple guys actually who are not of that same who who don't hold those same beliefs, and it's been really refreshing to see somebody else's point of view. On different kinds of music and, and kind of bring a new outlook to the table, and so that's been really beneficial for us.
2: It's interesting that you said earlier that if I put my name on an arrangement, people are not going to know that you're a person of color. Right. But again, why not? I know. <laughs> I'm just I just to be the devil's advocate. And just, no, you're you're good. Well, because my name's Alicia Edwards. Oh well, okay. <laughs> well, I mean that's that's one point, but. Also, yeah. say, uh, the only person that's coming to mind right now is Eric Whitaker right now. Like, everybody oh, yeah. in the choral world knows Eric Whitaker, and right, right. we know that he, what he looks like and things like that. Why can't that be the same for arrangers and composers across right. the board, you right.
1: know? Yeah, I, I think I that, like that should definitely be the case. Uh, great, great thought right there. And on that note, we're going to take one more quick commercial break, and we're going to come right back here on Talkapella with Michelle Cannell Oh
2: shoot. I just missed my favorite Akaville show. What? It gets rebroadcast on Sundays? Great news! You too can tune in on Sundays for Rebroadcast Sunday, where we replay all of our original programming twice, once in the morning and once in the evening. Check out our schedule on acaville.org so that you can tune into your favorite show again. Akaville, the best in acapella shows and music rebroadcast on Sundays.
0: And welcome back to Tacapella. acapella. If you are just tuning in, we have been chatting here with Michelle Cannell of Carpe Sono amongst other musical groups. Um, and it's been so much fun. But unfortunately, we only have a few minutes left. So if you are just tuning in, I highly encourage you to go listen to the rest of this episode. But now we're going to have a little bit of fun. As per tradition, we are going to begin this segment with our rapid fire round of oh, questions. Yeah. Let's go. I will be right. asking, well, I'll start and then Brian can... I right, said,
2: don't leave me, me <laughs> out of this. I like yeah. to be a Ronnie part of this really left out He's going to be jealous.
1: <laughs> I see how it is. You just want to hog the guest for yourself, Alicia. Okay. That's right.
2: Listen, no fighting.
0: But this is—I mean, this is one of my favorite parts of the show. It's just good fun. So, Brian, are you ready?
1: I am totally ready.
0: And Michelle, are you ready? Ready. And I'm ready. So here we go. What is your favorite choral composition?
2: Oh. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that right off the bat.
1: I know. We hit you with the heavy hitter. Oh,
2: crap. Oh. Uh, favorite. Okay, wait. Ask me the question again. <laughs> favorite
0: choral composition.
2: It has to be. Oh, it has to be Rachmaninoff. Oh, no. Nice. Uh, uh, I think it has to be Monanov's Now I, now it can't come to mind. Oh, no. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of it now. Oh, you asked me too many questions and all of a sudden all these stuff. You know what? I'd scratch it. I'm going to say right now, because I want to highlight a contemporary composer, Cicini Moja by mm-hmm. Jacob Navarro. Uh, he's okay. awesome. And I think he's somebody that we shouldn't sleep on.
1: Okay, go check that out, listeners. You heard it right here. Awesome. All right, question number two: cross country road trip or overseas journey?
2: Uh, overseas journey. Just because I haven't been overseas.
1: Oh, well, perfect. Really? Yeah. Well,
2: I just. You should do it. I know. I have. I need to find some time to do it at some point. The only part, the yeah. only, mm-hmm. the only place I've been overseas is like Puerto Rico. It's not really. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I want to go there. Yeah.
1: I've never been. It's beautiful. All right.
2: Nice. What is your own personal favorite arrangement? Oh, Diamonds by Rihanna. So I personally okay. arranged that song, and I feel like that song in particular holds a special place in my heart for me, for Carpe Sono, so. Mm.
1: Nice, I like that. Is that,
2: there's not a video of that anywhere, is there? Is there should be. A video somewhere because I looked y'all up on YouTube and I don't know that I saw that. Oh, maybe not. I think we need to. There's a little bit of updating we need to do anyway, so we'll <laughs> need to record that well, one. I I look forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, we perform that one live a lot. Okay, cool. okay,
1: nice. All right, what's one food that others love but you personally dislike?
2: Ah, oh, that's a good question. Hmm. I think <laughs> maybe. Whole grain bread? I know this is weird. Whole grain bread? I do, but I just i don't know i just like white bread I, that sounds really weird but it's okay. true i just like I, I'm okay people I, I, want I typically the, have
1: like, a no yeah no judgment policy on this show but whole grain bread i just like that, i wasn't expecting that i just
2: like i you know i don't like the frills and the nuts and whatever so you know i don't need that i just that's fair that's fair i just need you, some white bread white bread is di- plain white bread Listen, okay it is versatile okay
1: it, is it that that's the first time i've ever heard that phrase put together that is, it is you can make
2: french toast with it you can make real cheese with it i say it. that's a good point it's kind of okay. hard i stand line. corrected a
1: very
0: good point yeah
1: okay you proved right. me wrong
0: what is your favorite non-singing activity oh uh dancing oh, that nice. was a quick one yeah, all
1: I right like it. what about your favorite all vocal group
2: Oh, a favorite all vocal group. Uh, It has to be Kansparari. Yeah. Mm,
1: Okay. Nice. Another one to go check out listeners. Yeah.
2: All right. This is an important one, and I'll be really
0: sad depending on your answer. (laughs) Cats or dogs? Dogs. Dang it. I'm sorry. The streak continues. I know. it's um, It's like there's a streak going here. Nobody has said cats.
2: My husband
1: is Mom. big
0: on cats. Uh, it's So is mine, and so am I. And I love dogs, but I have three cats.
2: Ah, I see, I see. I just, I don't know. I always have that picture in mind of that one cat that uh, I think it's a, it's a vine or something where the cat is like near a glass and it's about to tip it over and the owner's just like, don't you do it. Don't you do it. <laughs> and then he, the cat tips it over. And that, oh, yeah. That's always that's in that my mind whenever I think of cats. That is classic cat. It's <laughs> knock so, everything yeah. off.
1: Yeah. As soon as you said that, I could perfectly picture that. Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Who's one artist that's had a major influence on your music?
2: I know this is going to sound controversial, but Michael Jackson. What? That's, that's not not that's not controversial. Not controversial. I mean, that's well... Like-
1: I, I get no I get where you're coming from I get what you're considering saying about that.
2: all the stuff that had been in the news like right. lately but I still oh, okay. think he's like he's a genius yeah, yeah. and has I, I big big influence on my life We're all yeah. big Michael Jackson fans in my family so right
1: nice. his music spans generations so I, I get true. that completely yeah. it's
2: true it does yeah. what is the last tv show that you binge watched oh uh well it's not a tv show but Tiger King <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I know that's nice. bad but that's the one I watched <laughs> you did. know i watched that show and i'll call it a show why not why not
0: and i haven't watched the bonus episode yet with joel McHale, and i really need to it's very interesting but my husband is like i just don't care for any of this stuff and i'm like oh <laughs> so i gotta wait until he like i'm just watching something by myself yeah and then i'll watch it yeah
1: yeah yeah it might be bad but it's definitely required watching i'm, I'm pretty sure everyone has almost seen it at this point yes so. yeah. all right last And final question, if you can invite three people to dinner from any point in history, who would you invite?
2: Oh, I think I would invite Michael Jackson. We're going to go back there. All
1: right. I like it.
2: I think I would invite mozart Ooh. nice and then i think i would invite probably paul mccartney just because okay. i just want to see oh, paul mccartney God. and michael together again
1: <laughs> i'm like that's going to be one killer house party right there <laughs> <laughs> just, come on
2: so you'll invite them but you'll also invite us oh, right? of course <laughs>
1: oh we, we got you we got to be on <laughs> y'all the y'all are
2: yes y'all are in the party there's a housewarming party everybody's invited
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i'm not mad at that list i like it i, I, I really like it awesome well, well thanks that was fun and that was that was eye open i liked it i like learning so much about our guests so that was really cool Yep. thank
2: you
1: on that note we do have one final thing that we like to do and like to leave our listeners with something that they can walk away with so we always ask our guests to offer some advice some insight on something that's important to them or something that they think the
0: other than round rock donuts right? i mean oh
1: exactly <laughs> you know we, again we have the 10. really important stuff <laughs> So on that note, to all our listeners out there, Michelle, if you could offer some advice to them, what, what would you say?
2: Yeah, probably the biggest piece of advice is if you're going to start an acapella group, have a clear vision of what you want that group to be and to look like. Because in in the beginning, I think what hurt Carpe Zona the most was we didn't have a clear v- vision of what we wanted to do. Did we want to just do it casually? Did we want to go semi-pro? You know, what music are we going to do? What's our Style, how many singers? Mixed or not? And so, if we had that clear vision, I think, in the first place, I think we would have gotten on the ground, like, gotten off the ground much faster than. If we obviously we've been around for a long time, but I think it would have catapulted our status in Austin, so
1: yeah, it's extremely important. Thank you for saying that. Please take your advice there. Well, that's awesome. On that note, you know, if our listeners wanted to learn more about you, the projects you're involved in, any upcoming events that you may have alluded to earlier, what where could they find all this information at?
2: You can go to org. that's C A R P E. S-O-N-O dot org. That is my acapella group that I'm a part of. Ooh. You know, we update it daily, and uh, you can check out our latest gigs there. You can also check out org and the Big Sing event, it's called Big Sing at Home. It's going to be on July 7th at 5.30 p.m. So check that out. Courtney Neva, Alicia's friend, is going to be on yeah. it, as well as me. So, yeah. Yeah. And then you can also, like check me out on tiktok as well i'm mrs cannell has choir and um i also do a series on there where i do background on traditional folk songs but i oh, do a wow. spin on it where i research songs about that have either racial undertones or racial roots and so i do i've cool. been doing a little series on that so you can check me out wow. there too
1: i'm like i don't have a tiktok account but i might have to create I one do. after i just <laughs> <try> <laughs> it. wow there you go come, I like a, come
2: <laughs> follow me come see me. i don't even know what my tiktok oh no no. we're gonna have to fix that girl
1: yeah exactly (laughs) i I, I will say that is the very first tiktok plug we've ever had on the show so no Janae
0: Janae plugged her tiktok did she she really oh
1: okay well i'll stand corrected you are one of the first got it you're the second you're the
0: second yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, on that note, Alicia, where could our listeners go to learn more about you?
0: So you can look me up on Instagram. My Instagram is E dot squared 1989. Um, you can also find me on Twitter, uh, my Twitter name, handle, whatever my, my Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. My account is Alicia Edwards 1989. That's E-L-I-C-I-A. You know how to spell Edwards 1989. And I would be so ashamed of myself if I didn't do this eventually, but you can find my acapella group inversion acapella. Um, You can find us on Facebook and YouTube just under inversion acapella two P's, two L's, and you can find us on Instagram as well under inversion underscore SLC. That stands for Salt Lake City.
1: Awesome. And on that note, you can also find me on Twitter at The Brian Alex Brian with an I. And then go follow all the work that I do with College Acapella on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us today on Talk Acapella. We just want to thank Michelle so much for coming on today's show Woo. and speaking with us. It was such a great episode. We really appreciate you making the time for us. Oh,
2: thank you for me i appreciate
1: it awesome uh on that note please go follow talkapella we have a twitter account talkapella two p's two l's and then to catch up on previous episodes you can go to our website at talkapella.org and then be sure of course to go give akaville radio a follow they are the ones who give us a platform to string the show through and to continue to speak to wonderful guests like Michelle and so they would love for you know all the followers in the world so go do that and uh, that's going to wrap it up for today on talkapella thank you so much and for everything else stay tuned